Stephen Jill here. Hi. Welcome to the House Academy Show, entertaining real estate investment talk. I'm Stephen Jack Butella. And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from the Valley of the Sun. Today, Jill and I talk about the psychology of affordable housing. Every Thursday, Jill and I have a call. We call it the Thursday Call. It's a webinar, closed webinar, with all Land Academy and House Academy members. Mm -hmm. And one of my jobs that I've assigned to myself is to kind of give everybody, uh, let's call it a 10-minute overview on what's happening in the news with real estate. Mm -hmm. Because it's really, we didn't used to do it, but this whole COVID thing twisted every this housing market all around. Mm -hmm. in the, at the beginning of COVID, we thought it was going to crash like it did in 2010. Right. So I was trying to prepare everybody and help uh, everybody with that. And by informing everybody of all these sources, I, be I belong to all these sources of, of news feeds on real estate. And so that didn't happen, fortunately. Uh, in fact, it went the other way, and we're all a lot more successful for it. I hope you are, too. What I see now predominantly, and, and as a result of that, when I continually go do this research for real estate for that Thursday call, is this affordable housing topic. Mm -hmm. Over and over and over again, everyone loves to report on affordable housing, except for the core, like Data Tree itself, uh, First American Title, Data Tree. Um, the core and Adam Data, which are, I have tons of respect for, they're real estate data companies, they seem to stay out of it. They, they, they seem to know enough to just say, you know what, the market's going to set itself and that's it. And, it. and it could end right there. But that's not what happens this day and age. It's just a, a current event. Affordable housing is a cool thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. Why? Because people have this perception that they can't afford houses, but that's just not the case at all. Mm -hmm. They absolutely can afford a house. In fact, uh, I'll, I'll get into it in a minute. Before we get into it, let's take a question posted by one of our members on the landinvestors.com online community. It's free. And don't forget to subscribe on the Land Academy YouTube channel and comment on the shows you like. Charlie wrote, I have some questions about a title close versus a real estate attorney close. Number one, what does it mean when somebody says it's an attorney close date? Are there no title companies in those states, or is that an extra step on top of what the title company is already doing? Should we answer them in order? Or yeah, just go through sure. Them? Okay. Go ahead. So Joe. number one is yes, there are states, really only one that I can think of in particular, yeah, that require an attorney basically to oversee the uh, transaction, and usually there's a there's an attorney at the title company that's overseeing it all. And I've had some transactions like this where. Um, in other states, they still have an attorney overlook their transactions, even though it's not required. It's just kind of like an extra layer of insurance for them. So that's what that means. Um, number two, I've also heard it's faster with a real estate attorney, and I'm partially the problem myself here for this one because I really promote this. <laughs> Can I ditch my title company in Texas and do everything with an attorney? Hell yes. Yeah. And, that's, and I would encourage you to do that. That's it. It's that's the so so for number two. That's my that's my now new way of getting deals done. First, I'm going to try to find an attorney now nearby, have a quick conversation with them, because they can do these transactions often cheaper and faster with title insurance than a title company. Some states we have lawyers that do it. Mm -hmm. Some states we've been in, in ingrained in so long mm -hmm. uh, that we have an amazing staff set up for for titles we mm -hmm. use them this is sort of a this isn't working anymore so i'm gonna go try something new and if that mm -hmm. if you're in a case like that or you're in a new state mm -hmm. try it try to get a lawyer yep oh and then number three is going to answer the question i was going to just throw out there 
Number three, how do I find a good real estate attorney? I'm sure that I'm sure there's some trail trial and error, but is there some specific experience or certification they should have that makes them better suited for our business? So honestly, call the county. Call the county That's reporter. how I do it. I called the county and said, hey, what's an attorney that you like that works with you guys that can help me get transactions done? And they'll give you a couple names mm -hmm. and there you go. And you just go look them up and you're off and running. The good recorders will say something like this. Oh, uh, Sally Smith, she has, she's been uh, doing real estate deals in this county mm -hmm. for 40 years. And her office her is office right around is the in corner. in the same building as the yeah. county building. We have lunch sometimes. Uh -huh. That's the response you want. Mm -hmm. Then that you want Sally Smith to do your deals. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Good questions. Mm -hmm. Today's topic, the psychology of affordable housing. This is the meat of the show. FYI, that applies to houses too, since we're talking about the house yeah. show. Yeah, totally. No so, difference in a transaction. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's land or a house, mm -hmm. all that applies. In fact, the business, just to close that topic, the business, uh, how we do it, where we never, we don't have inspections and mm -hmm. on houses or land. We, we uh, and there's no lenders. Lawyers love that mm -hmm. stuff. That's all true. they have to do is process paperwork and act like a, a mediary or an mm -hmm. escrow agent. And get a title plan mm -hmm. and for some reason reason lawyers can get title plans done in in days mm -hmm. uh, inside of a week and the escrow part is simple and it's cheaper there's not a lot of oversight with lawyers they, uh -uh. they usually own their own practice so they're not re like in a first american title situation or any of the larger companies there's middle managers and ways you got to do stuff it just all adds time and frustration to oh and the doc prep fees yeah. and the and the uh, notary things all that the lawyers don't usually do that let me just back up real quick so the lawyer is really going to you're going to have this kind of a conversation you're going to call them they're going to call you back if you do it all right you have a 10 minute conversation tell them here's the deal i'm the buyer this is the seller it's all spelled out uh, if this works, it's ready to go. There's no um, financing, no, like you just said, there's no inspection, anything like that. So uh, what's your email? And I'll send you all the information. And the attorney says, yippee Kaye. Here's my email, I'll watch for it. Now you email one email with everything in there and the signed purchase agreement, everything. The attorney's gonna look at this, he's gonna reply and say, that's gonna take me and my staff about three hours of our time. This is what it costs. $800 should do the whole thing and you're gonna and I can have it done in 10 days yes it'd be great if everything was done like that mm-hmm totally just be and then you could have more time to horse around with the people you like that's my whole goal. don't even get me started <laughs> no, I mean you. No, this, with you no I know that no 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 I just mean that's the way life should be you know that's part of the things that I am pushing for as far as just the way we do business, and I'm trying to teach other people how to do this too. Mm -hmm. so we're so uh, trained to follow a step, a checklist of 10 steps. I don't care what it is you're doing right now today. You know, I'm supposed to do this and send this and do this and sign this. And like, why don't you pick up the phone, call the person and just say, hey, um, I owe you X amount of money. Um, you know, I don't know. There's just, everybody makes things so hard. When it shouldn't be like that. First of all, start questioning the checklist. Yeah. Did you make the checklist? Yeah. We don't know. And if half of it doesn't yeah. make sense to you, then don't do half exactly. of it. <laughs> exactly. This is a whole different show. I know. Common sense <laughs> seems to be missing. Uh, there's a lot of that. In the world we live in right I now. I know. And, and this is one of my arguments. Like it gets to the point where you have, you're having emails with somebody. I don't care what it is you're doing. Your emails get out. of You're getting confused. Pick up the dumb phone and call them and just say, Okay, we're going off on a tangent now. 
let's get back to what's important. I'm going to start this topic off with a short anecdotal story. Okay. Several years ago in Redondo Beach, Jill and I uh, attended a photo shoot. The photo shoot was for us, for all the Land Academy pictures and stuff like that. And the, the photographer had a makeup person with her mm-hmm. uh, to, do, to do both of our makeups, actually. And a little bit of shame to say, yeah. I actually have makeup on right now. That's a whole different problem. You just have a little powder on your nose. You don't have makeup on. Don't worry. <laughs> so, and we got all got to talking. This is one of, by leaps and bounds, the best photographer I've ever dealt with, ever. She was just a blast. She made us look great. Uh, she made my... Joanna. She solved, she solved all of my physical problems. <laughs> the click of a butt shutter. That's right. I can, don't worry. I can shave 20 pounds off you. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> so we're going through this photo shoot, having a blast. She's making us feel great, uh, you know, dressing up, uh, us up in different stuff. And, and it's all going great. And it's in the her house. She's got a little makeshift studio. And the makeup person's there. And we were talking about how they were asking us questions about oh, yeah. real estate. I said, are you kidding? We're sitting in, the, in one of the greatest real estate markets in the world. We, you know, that I've ever experienced. It's experienced in those little beach communities in Los Angeles County, the ones that are on the ocean, double in price every 10 years. And you mm-hmm. can go back. Somebody said that to me when I first moved there. And I said, Remember yeah, right. Guy. That's no way. I only know about real estate. No one else knows about real exactly. estate. No, it's totally wrong. They do double every 10 years. And so to which I said, you know, this is, we should all be celebrating. To which the makeup person said, I know, but what are our kids going to do? Well, that sent me down. And I said, you know, I said, they're not going to be able to live here. Mm. And she said, where are you from? I said, I'm from Detroit. And she just looked at me like, go back there. (laughs) Listen, here's the thing about affordable housing. If you can't afford it, you can't live there. Yeah. So let's go back to the data. Every time questions come up, what do you mean you can't afford it? You can't live there. What is all this about affordable housing? We just can't afford it. Yeah, you can't afford it. You can't afford to live there. There's a lot of places you can afford to live. There's a the, the National Association of Realtors, and it's a lender association that pr- produced weekly data on markets. Produced a statistic called the Afford- Housing Affordability, Affordability Index, and it can get down as far as zip codes. It certainly can get to an MSA, you know, the statistical mm-hmm. market. And so 100 is the baseline. And so they look at all the money, the households that money, the money that households make, and they look at the average uh, SFR, mm-hmm. the house price, and they gauge it against 100. So if a lender looks at all your stuff and says, you are at 100 mm-hmm. for the, this house that you want to buy, that means you're scraping along the bottom of affording it. And they'll probably lend you money on 100. Well, the national market, if you just look at the nation as a whole, it's uh, between 120 and 140, which means everybody can afford where they live. So the people that are barking about affordable housing and make it such a prevalent topic are people who don't make enough money to live where they want to live. Well, guess what? I want to live on a house in the ocean in in, uh, Palos Verdes, California. I can't afford it. We can. I don't think so. We can. Not in the house that I really want. We could. <laughs> well, let me, let me. So, so hold on a second. Okay. Go ahead, and then I want you to obviously okay. jump in. The problem is with the affordable housing is this. 
this this generation that is not used to losing anything. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not used to failing in any way. Want to live in the cool places where that are really really expensive and they don't make enough money. So my entire life, I've not made enough money until very recently. Not made enough money to live where I want to live. You have. And so what have I done? Okay. Gone and lived where places that I didn't necessarily want to live in or houses that are maybe in borderline disrepair. Because I go to where I can afford it and I don't whine about it. Okay. I don't want to get political because you can get political on this. I didn't get political. No, 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 no. I, I'm trying. I'm being careful not to get political yeah, here. Bad. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just kept it together for my little part of this. So can you do it or not? <laughs> well, I'm just making a statement, which is a healthy reminder to myself. <laughs> oh, you're talking to yourself. Yes, I am. That was me out loud. Don't get political. <laughs> so. That wasn't wow. for you. So, I thought it was for me. No, no, it wasn't for you. So, because I could get there. No, because I would argue that, you know why? Here's why. You and I have successfully, I think, lived anywhere we wanted to live comfortably. Anywhere that I wanted to live. Literally anywhere I wanted to live comfortably, I've done. And I've also laid in bed and watched House Hunters International. <laughs> and watched. I have laid in bed and seriously watched this show at night, falling asleep, going, so that's how much it costs to rent a loft in Paris? Okay, I can do that. And that's all I needed to know. I just need to know how much it costs. I can afford it. I don't want it. But it's nice to know that I could if I wanted to. So this is the psychology of affordable living. So I'm trying to get into everybody's heads. You have two choices, and this is what we have done. We have done both of these in the past. The first thing we've done, you just described, you can move somewhere where you can afford to live, period. You know, Story of my life, go ahead. Right, you could, what if you, you know, your job changes, life changes, you have more kids, whatever it is, cutbacks, you know, um, the, things things around you inflate and you're having trouble making, you know, making ends meet. So you can, and we've done this in the past, successfully move to where it is more affordable to have a better quality of life rather than suck it up and try to make ends meet and be miserable. And I was poor. Yeah, and that, exactly. So I watched my parents do that. Right, they rented a house for years. They rented until I was 18 years old and then they bought their first house to save up and get what they wanted to get in the right area and did it all right. Bought it from a bank in Laguna Hills and it worked out great from there. And then that set them on that next path. So, but then also another thing happened at that time, which is what you and I've done. You can also make more money. I know it sounds silly, but you know what? So. So, so do something. Um, I don't know. Go get a go get a degree. Go get an education. Learn something. Take on another job. I don't. Just make a change. You know, what if you're in a job that you hate anyway and you're not making enough money? Go do something else. And I think people just get comfortable and complacent. It's an opportunity to move. Yeah. It's a privilege to go move and try to improve your life. Totally. But a lot of people in this world don't have any option. They have no possibility of ever hoping to move from the stuck situation that they're in. They can do it. They choose not around to. Around the world? No, there's a lot of people well, around the world that right. just have no Maybe around the option. world. There's a lot of people in this country. I'm gonna give the raw numbers here okay. in a second. Well, how about this? I think for the majority of us listening, 
we can pick up, pick up and leave if we need to and find another place with good schools that we can A, afford, and B, has more job opportunity. I agree with that. Thank you. Here's the raw numbers. The federal minimum wage is $7.25 right now. That's ridiculous. Which personally, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. That's I don't want to get political low. on this at all. I think it's an outrage right. how low it is. I think there are political powers uh, that keep it that low. Huge sad. groups. Uh, you know, people, re, massive big box retailers uh, and fast food restaurant chains that have political power in Washington to keep it that low. Mm. But thankfully, the states have the right to supersede that. So in certain states, specifically California, where it's a lot more expensive to live, mm-hmm. the minimum wage is a lot higher than that. But let's just talk about the states that have chosen to cap, to keep the $7, and t- $7.25, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Two people making seven twenty-five an hour who work full time can afford about a hundred and twenty thousand dollars house, hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars house. Sounds like barely. That's a then that puts them at a hundred a uh, hundred housing affordability index marker. Okay. So you can afford all kinds of houses, and then believe me, there's seven dollar and twenty-five cent jobs in every rural market and just about every rural market in this country because of mm-hmm. Walmart and all kinds of other places. So. If that's your personal requirement is to make minimum wage and you have uh, some type of partner or uh, roommate or housemate, that's what you can afford. I will tell you on a personal note, our ding dong number three kid just got a job for $27 an hour because there's no place to work. They can't find workers. Yeah. Two people making $27 an hour. There's lots of places to work, but they, yeah. Four or $500,000 affordability market. People don't want to work. So, yeah. well, let's not talk about oh, that. Oh, sorry. So, so my point is, the affordability, the so-called affordability, housing affordability crisis that we are going through right now, we've always gone through it. It's always really expensive to live That's in New York. True. Incredibly expensive to live in California and the big cities. Always has been. That's always. True. You need, if this, if you're one of these people that are complaining about this, and you're probably not because you turned turn the show off a long time ago. <laughs> Find a place where you can live and build a life like the rest of us. Yeah. And then like Jill's parents, move up uh, through the ranks that Mm -hmm. way. I bet you're not happy that you could join us today. (laughs) 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 And if it's sad enough for you to listen to this five days a week, we are here on the Land Academy show. Oh my gosh. Tomorrow (laughs) we'll save you. Hopefully this didn't piss you off. And please comment. Feel free to comment. It's all good. All right. Tomorrow and, the episode on the Land Academy show is, well, it's Jack Thursday. And we're going to talk about money management. Oh, great. As if we didn't get lectured enough. No, it's all positive. I promise. You're going to lecture me some more tomorrow? No, thank you. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. No. Okay. Here's my point. Because we've had employees. Remember this one employee years ago who said, you know what? And he came from another country. He lived in England for a while. And, and uh, he, he said that being here in California forced him to really up his game. He was born in Caracas, Thank of all you. places. Yeah, and, and to really uh, push himself to mm-hmm. make, because he wanted to be here so bad, to work hard, to learn, and to get a good paying job and keep that and he job. Did. He did. So he could afford it. And then he was able to buy himself a BMW mm-hmm. and all kinds of things. So I, I, that's where I go to. I'm like, 
there's a little bit of it it's in our heads it's in us like that that you know not like i guess you're right for it's not not everyone has that but a lot of us have the opportunity and we don't take it and we don't push ourselves he was renting a house uh when he came to us started working for us with his brother and two other guys and you know all packed into a one bedroom apartment or something like that Uh, not a good part of town and he got himself out of that inside of a year working with us. You know what? When I was in my 20s and I first moved to Redondo Beach, I was one of five roommates in a in a three-bedroom. Me too. Mm-hmm. There so, you go. So it's just that's how it how it should be. So mm-hmm. I mean, all kidding aside, you have control over your life. You have control. I'm going to talk about that tomorrow. Thank you. you. Know, it comes down to money management and, and managing things. That's good. Thank you for tuning in. We would love to connect with you every other Thursday on Clubhouse. So go to Clubhouse, uh, find the Land Investing Club, check out our schedule, and join us. We, we are Stephen Jill. Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property. <laughs>